0: guys we just like to apologize about the background noise in this week's episode unfortunately there's a lot of activity going on outside as well as some construction but we promise that this is not going to be the case all the time and if this is your first episode please carry on listening to other episodes it's not always this bad all right enjoy the episode you to just lie back, take some deep breaths in and out. And in and out. And in again. And then just don't breathe. Your vision is becoming blurry. Oxygen. Just kidding guys, this is Legendary <laughs> Africa, the podcast where you get African mythology and legends free to your ears. Yep, yep, yep. So today on the show some fascinating tidbits when a new start bursting mm-hmm, sure. Okay, so the fascinating tidbit is what they call a head dropping find. Head dropping? Head dropping. Because archaeologists have found seventeen decapitated skeletons. Oh. There. Where? Uh, well, in a 1,700-year-old Roman cemetery in the village of Great... Oh boy, okay. Now I'm going to try this. Well, Natham? Well, Wellnatham In Suffolk, England. Oh, okay. 17 decapitated skeletons with their heads resting between their owner's legs or feet. So, do we know why the, these people were decapitated? No, here's the interesting thing. Their skulls appear to have been removed from their heads after death. So, um... Andy Peachy, an archaeologist there, said the incisions through the neck were post-mortem and were neatly placed just behind the jaw. Oh, so they killed them, or they died, and then then they they decapitated them. Yeah. But they said an execution would have cut lower through the neck and with violent force, but this was in prison, so it was was like a surgical operation that they did after these people died. Interesting. What's also weird is that no grave goods were found with the headless individuals, um, though their bones were in good shape, so these people were obviously well-nourished, fed well and everything. Um, a few of the individuals had tuberculosis, but that was common. And yet, why the heads were removed remains a mystery. Okay, I have two theories right off the bat. Okay. Theory number one, they were criminals, mm-hmm. and decapitating them was some way of like punishment for their crimes, because mm-hmm. it kind of mutilates the body. Theory number two, the Romans believed that the spirit exits through the neck after death and that's why they decapitated them. Okay, so, bro, the second uh, option was actually what these archaeologists have, have um, said. They said one possibility is that these people believe that the head was a container of the soul and needed to be removed so that the soul could advance into the afterlife. So, brownie points, bro. Oh my god, should I become an archaeologist? You... <laughs> Are you an archaeologist, actually? Yes. Yeah. You've discovered my secret identity. My cover is blown. i oh, like, can you, can you Russian? <laughs> yes, another thing you did not know about my me. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> that's really interesting. Did that spin your head around? You spin my head <laughs> right, around, round, right round, right round when you go down. When you go down, down. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Thank you um moving on from the decapitated heads <laughs> i have something a little bit lighter uh just wanted to say in the last episode or the one before that i mentioned that a screening of hamilton is coming out on july 3rd still super excited about that and i found out where they're <laughs> screening it so it's going to be on disney plus I told you which is going to be really interesting because i think they're going to bleep out the swear words <laughs> so watch with your kids <laughs> I mean, you know, there's still adultery and stuff, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And the second thing I wanted to say is that there is a TV series uh, currently on... Yeah, I don't know. HBO, Amazon Prime? BBC, BBC. Okay, neither of those. (laughs) Uh, Called Staged, featuring David Tennant and Michael Sheen. And it's about these two actors that are trying to rehearse a play uh, during lockdown. So they're trying to do it over Zoom or Skype or whatever. And I've watched like a couple episodes and it's ridiculously funny. (laughs) Basically, David Tennant and Michael Sheen are playing themselves. And if you've seen Good Omens, you'll know that that's just fire <laughs> so yeah definitely go check that out that will be fun hmm. nice rex so do you have any news otherwise it's your turn dude oh no no I mean that you don't have any other news besides that well i will got some housekeeping but oh anyways. okay um, so I don't have anything else besides some promos to read out do you want to do housekeeping first uh, yeah I just wanted to announce that yesterday the collaboration with meet my monsters came out it's a really fun episode go check that out on uh, meet my monsters also check out abby at meet monsters on twitter meet underscore my underscore monsters on instagram right yeah so that's really fun we cover a bunch of uh, creatures from all around africa and we had a blast doing it yeah so, it was super fun yeah and then also just a reminder to check out our youtube channel legendary africa we posted an episode called know your co host in which we tried to guess a bunch of answers to questions about each other we did very poorly <laughs> But uh, that was pretty fun. Part 2 is coming out this Wednesday, so definitely recommend getting on that part 1 first. Mm. Alright, so I got some really, really nice promos to read out today. Thank you everyone who has uh, sent some reviews, they're brilliant. Uh, So our first review is from Our Journal. Our Journal is another South African podcast, which you should definitely check out. They say, it's excellent and informative with a bit of funny, humorous twists. I enjoy the unpredictable openings to each episode. Which I think we managed to succeed in doing this time as well. (laughs) Um, then another review by Nora Space Ace said interesting fun and informative I'm so happy to find a way to learn about African legends from Africans not from Europeans the hosts are charming and chill and it just feels like a couple of friends talking about something neat they learned keep it up and then Monster Legend Podcast which is also a podcast about cryptids you should check it out um, they said fascinating listening to the hosts talk about myths and legends of Africa is so interesting well oh, thanks guys that's really brilliant keep the reviews flowing in and we really appreciate each and every one and remember, just like today, if you do leave us a review or rating, we will give you a shout-out. And um, if you want to even leave your names for a uh, you know in-person shout-out, we will do that as well. I just realized, I do actually have one more recommendation slash news thing that I okay. wanted to tell you about. Mm-hmm. So, you know Andy Samberg, right? But from, of course. <laughs> from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. He recently came out with a movie that scored 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which is... I mean, knowing Rotten Tomatoes is really hard to do. Yeah, not easy to do. It's a tough crowd, Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. But it's called Palm Springs and it's based on a kind of Groundhog Day theme. So I don't know if you've watched Groundhog Day with mm-hmm. Bill Murray. I haven't actually. It's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> but basically, the concept is that a single day carries on in a time loop, so you can never escape this one day and you relive everything that happens in that day over and over. Like that episode of Supernatural where uh, Dean kept dying. Yeah, basically. But instead of there being like different ways, it's it's literally like you have to thing. go to the same things oh, and stuff. Okay. Um, I mean, there are variations and whatnot, but... Even if you, like, for example, try to kill yourself, you're still going to wake up on the same day the next morning. Oh, that's rotten. So, um, instead of, like, sticking very faithfully to the whole Groundhog Day, because I know there's been a lot of uh, movies that have emulated that, this is actually a kind of funny rom-com situation, and Mm -hmm. it's about these two people who kind of eventually fall in love over repeating this day okay, over and over again. Oh, it's a perfect lockdown movie. Exactly. (laughs) so um yeah apparently it's a really good movie i would definitely recommend checking it out i'm going to watch it myself not least because i just love andy sandberg yeah so um yeah it's been described as the perfect package also apparently there's a time travel element as well oh what okay this got a lot more interesting but i mean i thought it was interesting to begin with but time travel yeah exactly awesome all right, well, that's officially me for today. Cool. Who goes first? You know, I, I was thinking about that while you are talking about Palm Springs, and I was like, uh, what was the last episode that we did? So before the bonus episode, we did... Uh... Oh, guys, I almost forgot. Before the episode with Meet My Monsters, on our channel, we had an interview with Dr. Richard Sugg, who talks about the fascinating world of corpse medicine from the Renaissance to the Falun Gong. And uh, this guy is just totally brilliant. He has an amazing knowledge of history, and particularly of a sort of morbid history <laughs> that goes on in Europe and the Americas. And I would definitely recommend checking out that interview as well as the recent edition of his book. Yeah, you can check out my post on Twitter as well, where you can find a way to buy his book. So so I still don't remember who went first <laughs> last time. Um, why didn't you just go first? Time? So much for stalling. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what we did last time. Or... Why don't we just play some elevator music while we forget that okay, out? Okay, good idea. Okay, so now that we've established that I am numero uno on mm-hmm. this... I'm going to give you a little myth out of East Africa. Alright. You really like the East. Eh? Um, I have to say, kind of biased towards it because my fiancé is from Tanzania, um, from East Africa. Mm-hmm. But, genuinely, this is a really interesting topic. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not giving the East Africans any shit. I'm just like, there's also other parts of Africa. Well, i Excuse me, from... I've done Nigeria, I've done Zimbabwe, uh, okay, slash Zambia. Okay. Okay. Not giving me shit, yo. okay. Okay. <laughs> So I think that in the episode dealing with Bayajida, the founder of the Hausa clan, we did touch on the idea of like an intersexual kind of cross-pollination between local and Islamic religion. Mm. And uh, this is due to the extensive influence of Middle Eastern culture in various parts of Africa, but particularly the north and west, but also to the east. Yeah. In fact, Zanzibar, which is an island just off the coast of Tanzania, was particularly influenced by Muslims from Oman in the Middle East. Okay, Okay, so it's not surprising then that the mythology of the Middle East and elements of the Quran became intertwined with local mythology. And today is a great example of that. In fact, most of the mythology is pulled from Islamic Mm. uh, religion. Okay, so today I'm going to be talking about the Malaika. Also known as the East African Angel. Okay. Also, it's a beautiful name Malaika, yeah. Mm. It's also quite a um, common name for people. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I'm aware that in this story, just a little disclaimer, I might be getting dangerously close to stepping on some religious toes. Yeah. Because, of course, Islam is still a modern religion. So I just want to say that this podcast does not align itself with or against any specific religion whether it's modern or ancient. And since most of the mythology we have spoken about so far is drawn from actual religions of various African tribes, and uh, there are people who still believe and uh, practice the rituals of these religions, I've basically decided to treat all religions equally in terms of importance and just draw mythology from any of their scriptures slash oral history. So essentially what I'm saying is that Christian mythology is as much on the table as Yoruba mythology as halusa mythology and i don't mean any disrespect to any of these things okay now that that's out of the way let's get on to the good stuff all right so since the swahili term malaika comes from the arab malak the name of an angel in islam let's quickly take a look at what we know about angels as depicted in the islamic faith oh yeah this is so good okay so i apologize if any of you listening are muslim and this is very well known to you um but Hopefully at least you can snigger at the parts that I'm getting wrong because I actually haven't read the Quran. People are coming to come and be like, what the hell? <laughs> Thank you for mangling my religion <laughs> You are now committed to eight rings of hell, Oh I? <laughs> so it should come as a surprise to no one that Malaika are celestial beings created by God, basically for the purpose of reinforcing humanity's faith in the divine and generally keeping them in check. The benign Brokers of Heaven, if you will. Brokers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, love the, it. they're the middleman between you I and God. God. Okay. The Malaika were formed in opposition to the jinn, which are either demonic in nature or kind of morally ambiguous. Mm-hmm. And they just rate nowhere near the pure and benevolent nature of the Malaika. In terms of the main characteristics of these angels, we know that they are luminous, read Human shaped glow sticks <laughs> that they completely lack any need for food, drink, sleep, and although it is not specifically mentioned, what we as Indians know as the shame shame oh my oh my my, my my you know, a little ranchy in the bed. <laughs> I mean, I suppose they don't need that of stuff, yeah. So, yeah, they're immune to human desires basically. What about angel desires? <laughs> angel desires are only to honor God basically, okay. Um, due to their extremely lovey dovey natures, they're also supposedly incapable of anger. Although this doesn't make them immune to sin, so we do have such thing as erring angels, as we will find out later. Okay. So as I said, they also act basically as humanity's big brothers, or more controversially sisters yet this was rejected in the quran but angels tend to avoid humans that lie which apparently if you lie as a human it gives off a terrible stench that repulses (laughs) angels which i assume they can only detect in the fourth dimension or something right i mean i don't know about you but every time i heard a lie or told a lie i didn't really smell worse than i usually do you know how useful that would be though (laughs) (laughs) you'd be like Mustard gas, huh? That would be horrible. Every time you're trying to get out of attending someone's birthday party, you just like to be a good friend and go to their birthday party. (laughs) What's that sulfurous stench? (laughs) So, yeah, they don't like humans that lie. They don't like humans that are naked. This is more just a kind of common decency thing. Like, if you have to undress, um, your angel will turn it back. Oh, okay. okay. And they outright curse those who appear naked in public. Because, bro, you're nasty. But shame. <laughs> All those exhibitionists. Like, what about those beaches that allow naked people? Yeah, angels would just avoid that, like the plague. Mm. It would be considered haram. Mm. Now, I think it's worth noting that in East African mythology, the Malaika's involvement with humans is more emphasized as uh, rather than in the Quran. Mm. And they are described much more in terms of guardians of individual humans. So you know the whole angel-on-your-shoulder concept? Mm, yeah. That's basically what Malaika are in East African mythology. And they basically just shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> they shit on your shoulders. <laughs> they basically just sit on your shoulders and whisper guidance into your ears. Yeah, I could do with that. <laughs> I, I know, right? You know, I'm not, I'm not religious, but like, I would be if <laughs> an angel could just give me a sign. It's so true. It's like. Should you really order that frozen yogurt? <laughs> like, are you sure about that? Like, Don't judge me! <laughs> also, in this mythology, God specifically sends angels to help humans in need. Oh, that's nice, finally!
1: God, yeah. that's useful.
0: I mean, sorry. No, so thanks. they're not really kind of just ethereal arbiters. Mm. Okay, so an example of this is the battle of the angel Mikhail with a great and malevolent spirit. So I assume that this angel corresponds to the Christian archangel Michael. Michael. Yeah. So it seems that Mikhail... Is it Mikhail or Mikhail? I mean, I would want to say Mikhail. Okay, I'm going to call him that. It seems that Mikhail was such a looker that at the very sight of him in all his heavenly glory, the spirit Karina was defeated. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, hot damn. <laughs> Take my body. <laughs> I mean, girl, can you show a little dignity? No, no, I'll be <laughs> Letting down spirits everywhere with that kind of behavior. <laughs> Karina also is said to have been transformed into an old woman after Mikhail's little visit. Oh. Which really adds insult to injury, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, what was the need? Also, why is the evil spirit a woman? Just yeah. That's am saying. Yeah, go figure, right? So in case you were wondering, Karina is what she would call a succubus. So, uh, for those who are not acquainted with the succubi, a type of female spirit known for appearing in the dreams of men with the intention of seducing them into sexual sin. Oh, well, then it's just very ironic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, this fits exactly with what I said about angels being really sexually repressed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I kind of get why Mikhail had a bee in his bonnet about her. Mm. It was like, you dirty. <laughs> So Karina, in particular, originates in ancient Egyptian mythology, Mm -hmm. and she was a largely invisible spirit, only visible to those with second sight. So, you know, clairvoyants, cats, dogs, all our pets. Dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's well known that um, household animals have a second sight. That's why, you know, sometimes you see your dog barking at the wall or Uh, something. It's because they can see a spirit. Yeah. Cool. So... FYI, if your 14-year-old pug starts randomly humping your leg, it may well be that he's just trying to warn you about an incoming spirit ready to lure you into forbidden sexy times. Never ignore the hump. (laughs) Karina has also been known to occasionally possess people, as if getting into your dreams wasn't intrusive enough. Okay, I'm down for that. And prevent people from marriage, since uh, this would incur a curse or some other form of harm. Okay, it's weird. It's just because marriage kind of Yeah, like like not only does she possess you, but she gets possessive. (laughs) (laughs) So according to a variety of African myths, men who, in quotes, have relations Mm -hmm. with Karina, wake feeling exhausted, understandably. I mean, that was quite a night. (laughs) And claim to have been attacked by a spirit. They are then required to appeal to God and go through... a. various rituals to cleanse their spirits against this lascivious lass okay back to angels Hmm. so in another tale the Malaika jiburili appeared on earth in his divine form standing astride the earth with his feet on each horizon and his head well above the clouds so massive jiburili by the way corresponds to the archangel gabriel who as i understand it is like the big daddy of angels yeah yeah can you imagine I might be treading on religious toes here? <laughs> I mean i call Gabriel <laughs> the big daddy. <laughs> hey daddy, daddy, daddy. I <laughs> apologize. Angels don't like sex. Okay. <laughs> Apart from playing nanny to humans, Malaika also defend heaven against Shitani by throwing shi. oh god. Shihabu. So it defends against Shitani by throwing Shihabu. Yeah. so is... Shihabu is just the Swahili word for rockets rockets yeah where, where do you get rockets from they're angels they can get anything like celestial rockets right so basically what happens is that they throw these rockets and what we see as humans in the night sky are falling stars oh okay it's yeah. really just like warring divine beings yeah falling stars or shooting stars i believe it's actually the temporary mm-hmm. okay um, so just know that the next time you're out there wishing upon a star to be a real boy like Pinocchio or whatever the fuck, <laughs> you're actually witnessing an almighty throwdown between celestial beings. Crash of the Titans. Which I have to say, so much cooler. Mm. So the question is, what exactly is Shatani? Yeah. Now, I'm not really going to go too much into this because honestly, these beings are so cool that I actually want to do a whole separate episode okay. on them. But what I will say is that they're derived from the Arabic shaitan, which in English is Satan. Satan. And you may have seen effigies of them as carved figures made by the makonde people of Tanzania, Mozambique, and Kenya. Mashitani, which is the uh, plural for shaitani, appear in a variety of forms, sometimes disfigured or distorted humans sometimes as animals, um, sometimes just as abstract sort of thingamabobs that you can't describe. <laughs> so they're often very, what's the word, kind of weird. Mm. <laughs> as I said, they're distorted or disfigured. So they can be like one-legged, one-armed, cyclopic, yeah. Okay. Or <laughs> in some cases, they have enormous orifices. Oh, no. Yeah, so basically, in case you didn't get that. No, no we get it. Big buttholes. And we got it. (laughs) Dongs. God, this episode is so gouty because of you. I'm sorry. If your mom is listening, I just not safe for work, guys. I'm so sorry. Don't show this to your children. (laughs) So if you guys haven't noticed from our YouTube videos, I'm pretty asymmetrical myself. (laughs) And while I was reading this, I was just having an identity crisis. I'm like, (laughs) Am I a shaitanni? I mean you're not missing any limbs or eyes or you don't I mean I haven't I don't know. How big is (laughs) your (laughs) bottle. Yes, let's talk about that. Is this something that. you want to talk about? Yet another thing for me to mention in therapy. <laughs> so, interestingly, Malaika can also appear in the form of death, which I know doesn't quite fit with the idea of like these really friendly personas. Yeah. But in this case, death is actually quite a benign and necessary angel that serves God by reaping souls when your time has come. Okay, so I really like to interpret this in a really sweet way, because it's like, throughout your life, angels are with you from birth. And then they're with you at, you know, what is usually a really scary moment when you're passing into the next world. And it's kind of like they're there to ease the way. Yeah, sure. I mean, I like seeing an angel death. That's pretty cool. I'm just saying, Karen, Linda may be your best friend, but Malaika have really got your back and totally didn't judge you after that messy divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Know who your real friends are, Karen. It's true. So, lastly, we have the badass fighting angels. Not to be confused with Hell's angels. That's a totally different thing. (laughs) Or Charlie's angels. And uh, these angels of combat are known as Malaika Wavita. Okay. And their sole purpose is to whoop the asses of the unbelievers. Yeah, I want to know those people. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, some infidels are going down. Oh, yeah. They do this by dropping great stones of fire on said unbeliever, which I imagine is one of the most horrifying ways to go out. It's just like you're strolling along one day, getting a little atheistic exercise, and next thing you know, a great flaming rock falls out of the sky directly onto your noggin. Sorry, did you say they do this to unbelievers? Yep. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool, you cool, should cool, be expecting cool, a flaming cool, cool, rock anytime now. I'm just like, flaming rock meteors with the dinosaurs, unbelievers. <laughs> <laughs> All dinosaurs are Buddhist. Oh, that explains <laughs> so much. But I mean, rude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta
0: say. Okay, to round off, I just want to quickly talk um, a bit more about Malaika in Zanzibari mythology, specifically. Mm-hmm. So, if you didn't know, and I'm pretty sure you know, Zanzibar is like this beautiful touristy island. As I said, it's off the coast of Tanzania. Which, you know, you really want to go to. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Who doesn't want to go? True. Sure. And if I'm not much mistaken, um, they contain the majority of the Islamic population of Tanzania, with the shore being more christian Okay. In, you know, on average. So now Zanzibari people believe that while angels are beings of heaven, hell is represented by angels as well, but by fallen angels, which um, th- there's the one angel called Ibilis and uh, hell itself is guarded by the angel Malik. Assassin's Creed (laughs) Um, so there's several holiday lodges and bungalows in Zanzibar named after the Malaika so maybe next time you're on holiday you might consider dropping a little mythological knowledge (laughs) (laughs) I will not take responsibility for any consequences of this up to and including getting booted out of your hotel for blaspheming oh yes that is true also, on an unrelated note, check out Maria Makeba's famous song, Malaika. Mm. It's got nothing to do with the angels themselves. It's beautiful But song. it's, yeah, it's a really nice song. Also, it kind of essentially got me a fiancé, so... Okay, <laughs> Just okay, a little okay. life hack to you single people out there looking for love. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that's all I've got to say, so, you know, Asante sana na kwaheri. Nice. Yeah, guys, I'm learning Swahili. I need to meet my fiancé's mom in December, and it's kind of stressing me the hell out because she doesn't speak English, and I know, like, ten Swahili words. I mean, I've been telling you from last year you need to get on (laughs) that, so... You only um, have how many months? (laughs) So I'm kind of trudging through Duolingo. It is not going well. No, do you think it isn't going to be the best? I mean, you need to learn how to say, hello, how are you? Uh, much respect. I love you. Where is the bathroom? <laughs> the problem is my fiancé is a shit tutor. I'm sorry, honey, if you're listening to this, but you are a shit Swahili <laughs> tutor. Because, I mean, he basically just teaches me all these romantic phrases. I'm like, I can't tell your mother that she is the angel of my life. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it would be very strong. <laughs> she be like... Okay, you wanna marry me or my son? <laughs> Interestingly, um, and as an aside, if you do want to tell your boyfriend or girlfriend that they're the angel of your life, it would be Wewe ni Wa Maisha Wangu. These are lessons now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, welcome to your Swahili podcast. <laughs> Alright, so my sources for this story were Wikipedia, of course the book uh, Where Humans and Spirits Meet, the Politics of Rituals and Identified Spirits in Zanzibar by Kirstie Larson, mm-hmm. and a Facebook page called Uncle, Please Tell Us a Story, in brackets, story time, which sounds oh, quite nice. delightful. Yeah. yeah, Go check that out on Facebook. All right, so that's East African Angels. Very nice. Cue applause. All right, so we're going to our promo break. You're going to hear about it soon. And then we'll hear what you have for me. Thank you. What's up, y'all? This is Shalane. And you know what? There are just days where I'm just so stressed out. I just need to vent. And that's when I would call my girl Jenny and be like, girl, let me tell you what happened today. And the more we talked, the more we realized if we're thinking this way, I'm sure some of y'all are thinking this way too, and that's how we came up with Old Girl. This is a podcast where we're just going to get together, talk about anything and everything, of course with our own little twisted sense of humor. If you're stressed out or just looking to make some new friends, why don't you join us with a cocktail and prepare to laugh. You know, when we talk, it's going to be something. Be sure you join us on Old Girl. Alright, oh, so I have a story from Basoto myth. So Ooh. I've talked about the Basoto people before. They're mainly from Lesotho and South Africa. And I am going to talk about Kodumo Dumo, the swallowing monster, and the boy hero Senkatada. The swallowing monster? Mm hmm. Ooh, interesting. Um, just remind me the Basotho. Bas- <laughs> Sorry, <Basoto. laughs> I, I <always laughs> say this wrong. The Basotho uh, myth you did before was Tikane, the dragon sling princess, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So a while back, I think that was our second episode. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Interesting about the swallowing monster. And what was the name of the guy again? Um. So he's a boy hero, Sen Katana. Now, um, there's actually quite a few alternative names given by various sources. So Kodumo Dumo is also called Kodo Modumo, Modumo or Mohodo Kamapa. Kamapa, Kanyapa. <laughs> and another name for Saint Katane is Ditaolane, which means diviner, or Mosha which means young boy. Thanks for that. I'm going to remember precisely zero <laughs> of those names. So, I'd actually, just the only reason I wanted to say those names is because I feel like people might know the story by other names, um, because there's also several versions of it. So, Kodumodumo is described as an enormous amorphous being with multiple sharp tongues, which it uses to attack people with. Multiple tongues? so lots of tongues that are like pointed. Oh, and it scares people. But... No, yeah. <laughs> so this creature roamed the countryside, swallowing everything in its path. So no village, person, or animal, or road, or bush <laughs> um, escaped its seemingly uh, endless appetite. It literally ate everything in front of it. It's like a tongued tornado. Yeah. So in a certain region, it entered into a village in a valley through a narrow pass, and began to swallow everything in sight. So men with iron-tipped spears ran out to defend their village, but their spears shattered and crumpled as they contacted with the creature's skin. Its skin was, like, leathery and hard, and nothing could penetrate it. I feel bad for this creature's wife. I mean, imagine trying to french (laughs) kiss this guy. The creature's wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Kodumo-Dumo snatched them up and threw them into his mouth, iron-tipped spears and all. A pregnant woman in the village watched from where she hid in a manure pit because the smell was masking her own scent, so she hoped that, you know, it wouldn't be able to smell her. kodumu continued until everyone and everything was destroyed except for this pregnant woman. Bloated and exhausted from its rampage, kodumu tried to leave, but found that it could not get through the pass, bloated as it was. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me a bit of, what was it, like the spurt thing and Spirited Away? This is exactly what I was thinking about, um, what's it called? I can't remember what that creature is called, but it, it was so it just ate and ate and ate until it couldn't fit through the yeah. entrance ways. So Kadimu Duma was like, "Well, fuck it, I'm just going to sleep here in the pass because it, it didn't think that anybody else was around." So the pregnant woman crept out and laying down by the river gave birth to a boy who was born with a necklace of charms around his neck. What is it with kids coming out with accessories? You know, in African, how useful though. <laughs> like imagine <laughs> if my kid popped out fully clothed. I'd be like, "Well, that's clothes sorted." <laughs> Well, at least he didn't come up with a, uh, what, battle-axe, like, window. (laughs) True. I'm just like, this woman has survived, uh, you know, a rampaging monster, and she's still like, I'm just gonna go give birth casually by the river, like, Mm -hmm. no biggie. So the woman, after giving birth, went over to peek at the monster, and reassured by his still-sleeping body, turned back to her son to find that he had completely vanished. Oh no! Instead, a young, strong man stood in front of her, his hands holding a spear, she angrily demanded to know where was her son, but he told her that he was her son, Senkatana. Oh, he grew up in three seconds. Mm. Interesting. He asked her where his father was, and she told him sadly that he had been eaten by Kodumodumo. He asked about the other people, the cattle, the dogs, the houses. All swallowed, she replied. Now Senkatana was angry and said that, well, he was going to kill Kodumodumo, having just popped fresh out the womb. I mean, someone needs to. (laughs) So he spent the entire night sharpening the spear, and by the morning, silently crept towards the monster while it slept. As he approached Kodumo-dumo, it woke up and tried to snatch him with one of his tongues, but Senkatana was too fast, and the creature was way too bloated to even do anything. (laughs) He leapt up and brought his spear down on the creature's exposed stomach, ripping a long gash down it. Oh no, all the bushes and people are gonna fall out (laughs) so the monster roared in pain but beneath that sound Katana heard shouting barking and even the bellowing of a cow from within the creature's stomach oh my god i was right they're still alive (laughs) yeah because you just see that's why he just swallows them he doesn't actually chew them why are the gastric juices of monsters always totally shit Mm, and maybe because they eat too much so like it just doesn't process but they should be melted yeah (laughs) (laughs) look logic does not factor in here (laughs) So Katana kept cutting into the monster until it finally died, and one by one, all of the people and animals crawled out of Kodumodumo and celebrated Sankatana's heroic deeds. He was named chief of the village and slayer of Kodumodumo. Now, there are other versions. Uh, one version says that Sankatana had a longer fight with Kodumodumo. He chopped off each of the creature's tongues first and then killed them. He then cut out the people, but while doing so, he accidentally injured a man who was inside the stomach. And although he became a hero, the man he injured tried to have him killed several times out of jealousy and anger over his wound. That's just ungrateful. I mean, if it wasn't for this guy, Hmm. he would have just still been in this fat monster's belly. Yeah, I'm saying it's not like he killed him. Yeah. He injured him slightly. But eventually, Sinkatane grew tired and actually allowed himself to be killed. What? He was just like, yeah, fuck it, fine, kill (laughs) him. I know, it's very sad. That's so... Unfair! I mean, everybody else came out fine, including the cow. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Including the cow. (laughs) I mean, seriously, not to mention you rid the entire village of this terrible tongued plague. Exactly. That was swallowing everything, including the roads. Another version um, has Senkitana risking the entire village uh, by actually letting himself be swallowed by Kodumodumu, then cutting himself out of it. Okay, I'm right. Classic. Which I mean, like, there were so many other men with spears, why didn't they think about doing that anyway? <laughs> Apparently he's the only one who has brains. Well and, didn't their spears shatter or something? I mean, yeah, but surely there was something that they could have used. Um Use the cow. <laughs> yeah. I mean maybe those are the bull, use the horns or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't wanna use my head. <laughs> maybe it are so squashed like, okay, grab the spear. Come down, grab Fuck. <laughs> Um, and then after he rescued them, instead of being grateful, they feared him because of his supernatural powers, and also because he had the gift of foresight, and so they tried to kill him. But he turned himself into a stone, which the villagers then threw into a river. He turned himself back into a man and sat ashore. but eventually he grew tired and allowed himself to be killed. So he just seems to get suicidal real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if everyone hates you... Yeah. I mean, what did his mother do and all this? She didn't seem to be doing anything. I mean, I'm not... <laughs> I apologize to the mother, but, I mean, your son's being threatened, and you're just gonna stand there? Not to mention he missed his entire pre-teenage life. And, I mean, mm. those are the best years of my life. Are they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, you don't have to wear a bra. Mm. Life is still sunshine and ponies. True, he kind of just, like, came out and immediately had to do stuff. Yeah, can you imagine being born, and then suddenly you're just immediately an adult, and it's taxes and mortgages? It's true, hey? I want to know, though, like, who's his father, or why was he so supernatural? Yeah, definitely some kind of deal with the god Yeah, there. she did something. <laughs> so in this version, he... The shame, shame. <laughs> After he died, his heart flew <laughs> out of his body in the form of a bird. Oh! So that's slightly better. Even though he let himself be killed, he's still free, you know? That's so cute, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but either way, he's still being killed. Hmm. So the boy hero who gets himself killed, unfortunately. So yeah, that was a really short story. But I thought it was interesting, because I've never heard of a swelling monster before. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. I think um, it's <laughs> it's kind of a primal fear, this idea of a monster just gobbling you up. Yeah, you true. Know? It's kind of like the whole Jack and the Beanstalk, fee-fi-fo-fum, oh, Yeah. I smell and... English bum? <laughs> I can't remember how that goes. <laughs> I like your version. <laughs> yeah, you should see the... Um, I'll actually post a picture of it on Instagram. It's often depicted as this sort of like greenish... It's green, mm-hmm. and it's a swollen... It's kind of like a pufferfish. Oh, wait. Uh, okay, so you said pufferfish, but I was thinking of um one of Casper's uncles Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. The fat one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't remember what his name is. Stinker or something. It's just this really round monster with like these tiny legs. Which is kinda of stupid, but anyway. And it's got this huge mouth and it's really uh what's that? Um the shark. uh a type of is it a whale? Yeah, it's a type of whale. Oh yeah. Um what are yeah. they called? Um not sure, like a <laughs> and they just like suck in a whole bunch of Yeah, I'm thinking carpet whale. shark. <laughs> In <laughs> fact that's definitely whale? wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it just like sucks at a whole bunch of stuff and then falters it. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Except instead of plankton it's entire cows and men with spears Dogs, and things. Villages. Yeah. So do we know what happened to his mom? No, she just fades out the story, which I find kind of typical. I mean, she's like the lone survivor. She's the first hero. Exactly. I mean, she ensured that her, you know, her son survived. At yeah, she s- covered herself with poop to do that. Yeah. That's like some Lems robbed shit. Yeah. In some yeah. cases, I think she like, hides in a bunch of coal and stuff. So, I mean, she's always active in terms of, you know. Making sure that she survives. Well, anyway, great story. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, my sources were African Myths and Beliefs by Tony Allen, Fergus Fleming, and Charles Philip. Crisis in the Global Media Sphere, which doesn't sound like it should have anything to do with myths, but it what had hell information. What the the Global Media I Sphere? I have no idea. I'm sorry if I did not read the rest of the book. <laughs> by Jeff Lewis. African Mythology A to Z by Patricia, Patricia Ann Lynch and Jeremy Roberts. A Book of which is fascinating, you should go look at it. And of course, Wikipedia. Awesome! <laughs> Thank you! Alright, great. So we hope that you enjoyed these stories today. And remember, if you enjoy this podcast, do drop us a review. We do give you a shout out on the podcast. Also, rate. Uh, check us out on social media at LegendaryPod1 on Twitter and LegendaryPod. On Instagram. Also, if you want to chat with us, you can email us at staylegendarypod at gmail dot com. And I just like to add that uh, for those who might not know, we also have a website. You can access it from Twitter. Or from one of the podcast platforms, there's usually a link that you can click to get on there. And we have a great forum and a blog where you can go and discuss the topics that we have uh, gone through today. Or really, I mean, anything you want to, as long as you keep it clean and tolerant and polite. So um, You can even ask us questions on there. Yeah, absolutely. So please do check that out. We'd really appreciate your uh, input on everything we've been talking about. Oh, and also we welcome um, story suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. If there's something you particularly want to hear that comes out of Africa, we're, you know, delighted to get through that. I mean, also, it's quite hard to find stories every week, so it would help. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So, until Friday, stay safe, stay sexy, and stay legendary. Bye!